Welcome to Dr. Thoughts, a smart, driven, and fabulous podcast by Drs. Ryan LaValle and Kalia Johnson, where sometimes it's about occupation and sometimes it's just sassy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Dr. Thoughts Podcast. It is season three, y'all. Woo-woo! Season three. Look, right? Haven't gotten tired of me yet. <laughs> never, never in my life. Well, it is everybody's favorite academic diva, Dr. Johnson. And I am here with everybody's favorite plant daddy, honey, Dr. Ryan <laughs> 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 oh, a switch to diva. I love it. And yes, you know what? I will claim being a plant daddy. Um, I've I've had some wonderful experiences with my office plants this past semester. So we can definitely talk about that. And you've helped me keep some alive next door yeah, in my office. That's absolutely true. I have become the office gardener of our division, reminding people to water their plants and keep yes. them alive, which I never saw for myself. But, you know, here we, we are. We appreciate you. We yeah, <laughs> and also help us lay some to rest when it's time. Yes, I did. I did say you, that plant needs some palliative care. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the struggle was real. The yes, struggle. this last semester I had um, fungus gnats. I had a plant that did not like direct sunlight. I have had propagations that have died. It's been a whole journey with my plants. Mm. So, mm. you know, but I actually want to ask you about a journey because oh. you've changed your name three times now on this podcast. One yes. from uh, everybody's favorite auntie to everybody's favorite academic mama. And so now you're academic diva. And I want to hear how those things have integrated. Why have we arrived at diva <laughs> as a mother, as an academic, as an auntie? How wh What's the journey here, Kalia? Oh, <laughs> That's such a great question. You know what? Let's, let's look up what diva means. And you know what? And I'm going to go to Urban Dictionary to do it because that's the only dictionary I care about. <laughs> Um, That's right. <laughs> Who needs Webster's? <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so Urban Dictionary says that a diva is a woman with an attitude who needs to get what she wants. And Ooh, I mean, does it have a picture of you right next to it? <laughs> it needs to, because I'm like, why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Give me what, not just what I want, but what I need. And I don't understand sort of the negative, negative connotations sometimes that come with being a diva, but absolutely. Why not? Give me what I want. Give me what I deserve. Give me what I need. If that makes me a diva, then so be it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, and you've done it. You've, you've gotten what you've wanted. You've you know, pulled off being a mom pretty solidly and, yes. you know, pulled off being a successful academic, pulled off being so. a sassy, badass professor. You know, <laughs> <laughs> checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. Yes. Uh, for those new listeners, this podcast is essentially just Kalia and I making ourselves feel better about our lives. <laughs> <laughs> just lifting each other up. <laughs> yes, yes. No, you know, sometimes it is about occupation. Sometimes it really is just sassy. That's right. <laughs> you know, we are excited to bring, you know, welcome old folks back, but also um, introduce ourselves to all of our new listeners and hope that you 
you know, learn a little bit because we do dive deep into all things occupational science and occupational therapy, but also, you know, sort of pop culture topics that align to what we do as occupational scientists or just things that we're just interested in as human beings. And so, you know, while we are two academics and researchers and friends who talk about these things, we, we like to have fun while doing it too. So you can thought along with us. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it's going to be a good season. I'm excited for everything that that we have planned and some of the guests that we have going on. Um, but we've also been doing lots of stuff that we're going to get to talk about and unpack a little bit and has spurred lots of new, wonderful little conversations for us to have and invite you listeners into to hear what it's like in the brain of two academics who are <laughs> trying to figure out how to do this world together. Um, what have you been up to, Kalia? Oh, gosh. I feel like so much has happened since we wrapped in September. That was so long ago. Um, but right now, I'm in a bit of a holding pattern. You know, feeling yeah. kind of like a 747 just circling around Atlanta or something. You know, got... <laughs> Got a lot of cargo that I don't know if I'm going to get to release or not, or, you know, Hartsville Jackson to keep up with this, you know, airport analogy here is going to be adding more um, in, in the cargo hole. So I have. Um, I always forget how obsessed with planes you are. <laughs> yeah, I, I really am. I really am. As somebody who actually hates flying. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, though, you want to know all the parts that could go wrong. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, it's. Oh, that, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast episode <laughs> and, and aeronautic engineering. But um, yeah, so <laughs> waiting to hear back about a, a grant application, if I'll get some additional funding to help me do some work around quantifying structural racism, particularly for occupational therapy services, um, a early career award, just, uh, you know, just the accolade about sort of service to the profession that I'm waiting back to hear on um, papers that I need to finish their revisions and resubmit, but also like getting through the copy edits of a couple things, um, you know, the academic -y things. So that, that's what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, when, when it comes to the, so you have this huge grant, right? Because you're amazing. And I think people often forget that it's like you have the big grant, but you also still have to be applying for the next one while you right. have the current one. Yes. So how many how many grant applications did you put in this past year, even though you have a large grant? Um, one SPI. And what is that? Um, uh, as principal investigator. So the person who is in charge of overseeing the entire grant um, enterprise. And then... Um, I helped to um, write two others as a co-investigator. So uh, I don't have as much time on it. So maybe like 10% of time on one, um, well, on two, so 20% total, uh, where there's very specific things that I do on the grant, very time limited, you know, super strict boundaries around the work while, you know, you're a principal investigator, you still have boundaries around the time you spend on it, but you're doing a hell of a lot more work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what else are you doing in the in the world? 
Yeah, yeah, still mothering. Um, Nova, let's see, when we wrapped, I don't, I don't think Nova had turned one yet, but she is now 16 months old and climbing on everything, running around, um, you know, always trying to take her clothes off in the back seat. So <laughs> join the club. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just keep keeping up with the the new toddler life. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I always say people talk about terrible too. Something definitely different happened at one, too. I don't know what you call it, but things oh, are really? quite different, but enjoying it. Enjoying okay, it good. That's great. Uh, so also excited about a new class that I'm teaching um, with Dr. Nancy Bagatelle on occupation and identity. And we're exploring identity in, oh gosh, a number of ways, even introducing um, our students to um, sort of seminal theorists um, that do identity work. Like we've, we've talked about Vygotsky, we've talked about Goffman and Mead and even the great late Dottie Holland um, and others who are, are big identity scholars and, you know, trying to make those connections on how one, how their theories have been taken up in occupational science and really how does it help us better understand occupation and identity. Um, and so really excited about an upcoming module that I've helped to develop about um, body politics and identity, specifically Ooh. for um, uh, disabled people, minoritized disabled people. So super, super excited about that. Um, always in the speaker circuit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you were just in Florida talking about race, which is just such an interesting time to be doing that right now. (laughs) Oh, I was like a Black woman in Florida during Black History Month talking about disability critical race theory. Who would have thought you would have come back? That's the question. I may not be invited back to Florida, but I'm glad I back to North Carolina without a crack. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the other big thing that I'm sort of carrying right now is this, you know, still working on getting Slaying Academia trademark. Oh. I know trademarking was going to be such a headache, to be honest. Um, the government doesn't make anything easy, including <laughs> trademarking something that literally nobody else talks about. <laughs> it's probably easier for you to go get a gun than it is to get this trademark. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It absolutely <laughs> is easier to get a gun than it is to get a trademark for a company related to academic consulting. You know, like, go figure. Yeah. And because it's it's up on your website and everything, but it's still not officially trademarked, which no, is... No, you know, the government has very specific ideas of what they think you should be doing with the name you'd like to trademark. And so I've actually been asked to revise my website. Um, I've been asked to like highlight very specific things on my social media, like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, just also asked to do lots of things that have absolutely nothing to do with the company itself. It's... It's bizarre to say the least, but it's like, once you've spent so much money, it's like, well, do I just give up or keep going because I'm already deep, you know, into, yeah. um, but yeah, we're on the third iteration of, a, of the application now. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I guess, um, you know, uh, I think some of the the people that we'll be talking with this season are OT entrepreneurs. And so mm-hmm. I wonder if they might have some insight as well as we as we talk with them about how to build LLCs and get trademarks and yes. all the copywriting stuff that goes on in that world. I'm sure that consultation will be a lot more affordable than the one I've had to pay for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. But what have you been up to, Dr. Ryan? So I think the biggest thing that um, that's new for me is that I've been named and appointed the transitional director of the Partnerships in Aging program, which is a campus-wide center that's focused on aging initiatives um, that I've actually been a part of for quite a few years as a project director. Um, and the transitional, though, unfortunately, means that um, this program will actually be closing. So I've been charged with um, closing the program and figuring out where the work and the projects of the program will sit in the university after next year um, to make sure that they're sustainable and that the partners that we've been working with in the community find the right resources and or I move with them into different units on campus that can really help them move forward um, in the work that they want to be doing around aging and intergenerational communities. Um, and so I'm excited to be stepping into that role. I'm, I'm sad that this program is closing, but um, oddly honored that they have given me the opportunity to really think through how um, is the best way for the program to move forward um, in whatever form and fashion that it will. So excited to be the director of something, um, which is cool. (laughs) Um, But you know, it's it's sort of a new and very early thing it feels like to me to be sort of a second year faculty member and directing anything. Um, And so that's, that's a new thought for me, but it's also just a transitional sort of situation. So um, we'll see what it becomes over the next year. I'm excited to bring community partners in and, and sort of figure out what, what the work looks like moving forward, Um, maybe with a little bit more integration with other aging units on campus and and that sort of thing. So we'll see what it looks like. Director Ryan, get ready. (laughs) The DR doesn't mean doctor anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, even in your sort of reflecting on it in this moment, it's clear why they would choose you to do that. I mean, you're already talking about strategy of bringing people in and moving things to particular units, still keeping your stuff connected to the work, right? Because you have been integral to um, how aging has shown up in, in community, I think, in ways that um, even the School of Medicine probably didn't anticipate. Dire- Director Dr. Ryan here. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Doctor, doctor. <laughs> DR, DR. <laughs> um, otherwise, I also taught my first PhD level course, uh, which was really exciting this past fall. I led a theory-based course, which I know, you know, everyone who's not an occupational scientist might be rolling their eyes a little bit, Um, but we talked about philosophers and how they could engage with occupation and how their ideas could help us think through everyday living and, and human doing and the different sort of truths about that that different philosophers have put forward. And it was really great. We had a really good cohort of students who brought lots of different perspectives to the table and life experiences to sort of play with those theories and we were able to really figure out some cool ideas and 
and sort of come to some good realizations about how we can mobilize theory for practice or for um, research or all the different things that you can use theory for. But it was also, it was like six students. So it, it, usually I'm teaching a, a group of like 20 to 24 master's students. Um, and it's a very different space, but to lead like a small seminar where we really get to dive in was really a lot of fun. So it really gave me a lot of energy for, for teaching. I do enjoy that about teaching PhD students. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a different different level of teaching, right? You talk about sort of digging in, like the breadth and depth of content you get to cover in a doctoral seminar is, is something really amazing to watch, um, mm-hmm. particularly as students engage the content. And you can really see that just the wheels turning, but there, the gears are grinding. Yeah. They're really <laughs> working hard putting this information together and really developing as scholars. It's so, so cool to watch. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool to be, I mean, I've been one of those students, but I think the the sound of the grinding gears in my own brain was drowning out what was happening in the rest of the room. <laughs> and so to be the person that gets to facilitate the grinding <laughs> was really nice and and cool and and we actually also had a non-ot in the room a speech language uh, pathology student phd student was in the room as well so it was really cool to see how she was even using some of the theory that we were talking about through an occupation based lens to apply to her own research and stuff so um, that interdisciplinary space is just so fun um, mm-hmm. in that way so um, but otherwise, you know, I am also teaching the community practice course this semester. I've got some really cool projects in the community that are, um, I think, really some of the students are really excited about it, which is and I say some because, we you know, we can't win them all. Not all students are. And that's OK. Um, but, you know, definitely some cool partner projects that we've been building over the years, um, thinking about aging in the community. We've got some cool advocacy work happening in the school systems around here. Um, as well as thinking about some some community engagement consulting that um, we're sort of thinking about, like, how can we think about everyday life and occupation as this medium through which um, nonprofits can actually build community and build social cohesion in the communities that they're working in. Um, so that's been a really cool project. Um, and I've been working with Sayoko Kawabata on that, which is really great. She's been diving into the work and it's always fun to have a PhD student really like walk with you on the journey so I really enjoyed that and then finally I've just had a lot of new plants like I said (laughs) (laughs) I do enjoy walking walking by your office and just peeking in to see like what's different what's showing up and I think this new prayer plant that you have is my favorite new thing it's such a fabulous plant yeah, that plan, you know, it got more of a a spot in my office than I anticipated it for. <laughs> but the saga is I, I bought a small bag of soil that ended up getting a bunch of fungus gnats in it. And I opened it in my office, which gave all of the plants fungus gnats. And one in particular was a peace lily that was also a dramatic plant. Um, and so I ended up taking it out, but I needed to fill it with a tall plant in that spot. I thought that this giant prayer plant would actually work in the sunspot that it is, and it does not. So now it's sitting on my desk immediately to my left, looking over students as they're talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Pray, look, it's like yeah. it's praying. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's a great way to say that. I love that. That's why that's there. It's just <laughs> laying hands on the students as they're meeting with me. <laughs> and that's why it's a prayer plan. But yeah, I had to sort of rearrange my whole office and move plants around so that I could find a place where this plant was getting the right sun. Um, but I originally didn't want as dramatic of a plant in my office and then I got one. So we're, we're living with it. Um, you know, sometimes you just get what you get and you move on just like with babies, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No kidding, right? (laughs) Yeah. No baby updates for me, you know, maybe someday, but (laughs) yeah, but what, what all the uncling I can Nico updates. Um, he is just as energetic. And I swear that that dog does not get old. He is now six years old and still acts like he is a four month old puppy. So I'm still waiting for that day when he calms down. Um, I'm, I'm ready for old age is all I'm saying. Oh, gosh. Well, I don't know if Nico is anything like Roxy, you're going to be waiting a long time. She's now 12 with 12 month energy. Oh like, gosh. She is a old lady who's still, no, granted, she can't run as long but mm. still likes to get out, likes to go for runs, goes for walks, will tear the house up if you don't get her out. So yep. yeah. Yeah. Nico has gotten good at not tearing up things, but he definitely just whines a lot whenever <laughs> you haven't played with him enough. And and he like essentially is smart enough to just come ask you. And it's like that child who you're trying to get work done and do reviews or something. And he's like whining <laughs> at your side, like, play with me, play with me. But you know, I love my dog, love him to death. But, you know, just like children, they can be annoying. <laughs> it's, it's it, they are working. Yeah. No kidding. Absolutely. Yeah, the whole work from home thing. I, like uh, this past week, they was a holiday and the daycare was closed. And of course, I'm still working, um, working in air quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how do you Shh, actually- Don't tell that? Nancy. <laughs> No, the work happens during naps and when she's down for the night. But yeah, no. Hashtag parenting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, another update is something that we did together. You know, if you've been following our Insta stories here in, in recent weeks, we sort of hinted that we were, we had something on the horizon and to watch the space. And so Dr. Ryan and I had the opportunity to do a double takeover of OT Potential Podcast. Yeah, it was so fun. We got to do two different episodes, sort of unpacking two different articles that we wrote together and uh, worked with Sarah Lyon and um, her enterprise over there at OT Potential and was really excited to be able to take part in that and um, and give a little bit of a Dr. Thoughts flavor to the CEUs that you can get and that sort of thing. So it was it was also nice to actually revisit those two articles, um, you know, and and think through them. You know, this is three years later now, which is crazy yeah. to think, um, but it's three years later. And, you know, I think they're still very much relevant, but it was nice to sort of process them again and, and talk about why we th- why we wrote them in the first place. Right, right. Yeah. I began to do it in a way that, like you mentioned, like one, you can actually get credit for, um, CEU credit for, for the podcast, but situating it in in today's times, 
right? Like how, how are these messages, the key messages from the article still relevant? And thinking about the commentaries, like are our students still asking some of those same questions, right? Around race and racism and, and how they are aligned to occupation, but also like our charge to occupational scientists about sort of moving the anti-racism and equity agenda forward in occupational science. And the fact that even the, the comments that we made in that paper then still ring true now, um, mm -hmm. even after the, um, you know, Joss having a, an issue dedicated to um, discussions of racism, because I wouldn't necessarily call it an anti-racism, you know, uh, volume, although they did, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, that there is some reflection about it in that space that people can access for free, which I appreciate. Probably. Yeah, more. that's that. This is this is. Uh, I mean, we love Sarah. This is not a marketing for our CEUs. You can access both episodes though for free, um, and listen to us talk even more if you'd like. But very specifically about those two articles and and what we think. Um, and I will say, I just looked up because sometimes I need a little boost of confidence. We are nearly at 24,000 views of that original 2020 article, Occupation and Justice and Anti-Black Racism in the United States. So um, we are- incredible. Yeah, number five most viewed article, most read article in the Journal of Occupational Science, which is just crazy to me. So um, very exciting that people are still reading. And I've seen a couple of citations of it come through in, in other journals and things recently. So it's even getting outside of occupational science, which I'm really excited about. Um, so always, always good to see our work flying free. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Who, yeah, who would have thought <laughs> three yeah. years ago that that this this paper that you know that started as a hallway conversation between us and a conversation with students um would turn out the way that it did it's been yeah it's been awesome very very awesome journey yeah. and so much more to come i'm sure um <laughs> so many more wonderful papers and things um for us to do but also this season we're excited about so many things that we're gonna talk about and explore um what are what are some of your hopes and expectations for this season dr johnson yeah, <laughs> excuse me that you know our our listeners get inspired to to talk about science in similar ways right that we we treat science communication as something that is a part of what we do as practitioners and scientists, right? That the knowledge is accessible um, and can be applied in very interesting ways. Um, I think that is something that we um, pride ourselves on doing here at Dr. Thoughts. And I honestly, it's like, I, I don't want it to be the exception or a novelty. You know, I want people to sort of think about that all the time. How are we communicating our science? How are we communicating practice and doing it in ways that are accessible to people either inside or outside um, the profession or discipline of occupational science? Um, one of my other hopes is that we do more takeovers. That was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe OTJR will let us take over. Or Ooh. what if AJOT will let us take over and authors and That's issues? never gonna happen, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Dr. Tim Wolf, can we do this? 
<laughs> OTJR, I have to shout out to their social media person. They're they're fire. Like I am so here for OTJR social, at least their Instagram is on point. Yeah. And if they ever want to do an Instagram live, this is this is us asking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, look, we're just, we're just going to invite ourselves over there. So, you know, maybe we'll just, you know, drop the link to this episode in there. Yeah. <laughs> in their video. Yes. Say fast forward to minute 20, whatever. Yes. Um, but yeah, how about you? What are your hopes for this season? I am hopeful that we dive in deep into some hard questions. I think that that is what I love about doing this with you and with some of our guests is that we're not afraid to like go in, you know, and really deal with some of the complexities and the challenges and the the hard topics that are out there that sometimes people are uncomfortable trying to talk about. Um, but also sometimes don't get talked about at all. Um, but also like, tease it out, you know, and see what are the nuances of, of how we can do science, do practice, do occupation, everything um, in a way that feels good. Um, but it also feels like a, a nice place to like play with those ideas, um, with good people and, and good ideas. Um, so that's, that's what I'm excited about, which I think whenever we n- we're not doing this, I, I feel like I miss therapy a little bit. <laughs> it's just such a processing space and we get to like talk through stuff and it's just really wonderful to to be able to do that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm hopeful for all of our amazing guests that we're gonna have on oh my gosh shall we provide a little teaser about yes love a teaser give me a teaser teasers all day long Well, I think it's safe to say that um, we are going to drop a gem on you all for our first guest episode of the season with the amazing Dr. Lauren Mims. If you don't know her, you better stop, pause the recording and Google her right now. Phenomenal educator um, whose work centers Black girls. Um, specifically and learning and pedagogy. She is a Obama White House alum and a badass blazer aficionado. So for all of my academic fashion divas, (laughs) definitely check out her Instagram for her um, amazing blazer collection, um, just her fashion in general. But she is a uh, formidable young academic is doing amazing things in the black psychology space so we are welcoming her first to um to the podcast in season three so So would you say that she is a uh, trailblazer of blazers (laughs) yes oh my gosh a trailblazer (laughs) (laughs) Uh, y'all know i love a pun or at least wordplay you know we're all here for it that's that's hilarious, and I and I think I think Doctor Lauren would appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the trailblazer. Yeah. yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna kiki with lots of colleagues um, as well. We've got some guests probably from here at UNC that we're gonna bring on and really talk about some great topics, their expertise. Maybe you'll get a little bit of tea about us from the people who work closest with us. <laughs> And unfiltered tea about Ryan and Kalia from UNC colleagues. Maybe we'll have them take over the podcast. Who knows? Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> 
<laughs> all the things you didn't know about Ryan and Kalia. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. Probably talking about, you know, some accessibility things, maybe some different phases of professional life and transitions and that sort of thing. Um, so definitely tune in for, for those episodes. Also looking forward to inviting some comics to the podcast and, um, maybe having a little kiki about about OT and and, and fun ways. <laughs> yeah, we got some funny people in our circles, and they're they're coming out. And you, I didn't know we got some OT comics out there that we're gonna pull in and see if we can get a free, uh, you know, ten minute session out of them of stand up <laughs> or something like. That. Yes. Yes. And even getting into some you know serious things dealing with economics and entrepreneurship. Mm. Um, as well as well just so so many things to cover in so little time but we we hope you all will join us for the ride this year and in season three as we really tackle some some different topics that I think are important for not just practitioners but for our students for friends of the profession or just you know folks in the community who um, have love for what we do as occupational therapy practitioners and occupational scientists. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm excited, especially some of those entrepreneurs that are student-led ventures. I think that that's, that's going to be really exciting to see how things are evolving and how we see occupational therapy evolving um, and occupational science into these like new realms um, that we see trailblazers who might be wearing blazers also <laughs> taking the the practice and stuff so I think it's going to be a fun season and I'm really Yay. excited to dive in with you yes now really looking forward to it I think you know the range is going to be wide but also focused if that makes sense right still yeah doing it the Dr. Thoughts way um, but really looking forward to just talking about some some different things, you know, obviously, I think um, because of the the kind of work we do, you know, we'll still talk about sort of where we are in terms of equity work, um, anti-racism work and that sort of thing in occupational science and occupational therapy. But y'all, we are we are more than that. Yeah. <laughs> you just, know, I haven't said queer liberation uh, one time during this episode. <laughs> Uh, but it, it inevitably comes up and that's absolutely fine. And we're happy to talk about it and, and yeah. continue on that journey with everybody. But I'm also looking forward to being, being sassy. That's right. You know, we keep it real. We keep it real on this podcast. And it's one of the reasons we started it in the first place was to create a space where we could keep it real and sassy and right. say what After we needed to say. Talk to the front. Yes. <laughs> Oh. And that is our promise to you all, our commitment as as thoughts on <laughs> Dr. Thoughts. Yeah. And if there is something that we haven't touched on that you are interested in bringing in the podcast or bring it to the podcast, uh, please shoot us. Um, I, I would, I'm hesitant to say DM, right? Because we've already had an episode about managing messages in the DM, but we do have a Dr. Thoughts podcast Gmail. Um, so in exactly how I said it.com, right? So yeah. <laughs> you send us your, your ideas. Speaking of which, and I'll share this brief story before, you know, we, we bid our farewells. Um, recently gave two talks 
to um, a group of students. Um, and in both Q&A sessions, the question came up about self-care and burnout. Mm. And y'all, it was it was a real um, vulnerable and raw moment for me because I was very honest saying that I am not very good at self-care. You know, as like, you, one, you don't hear me talk about it much, right? Because I believe in practicing what I preach. And so, you know, they're like, well, how do you take care of yourself? I'm like, not very well, <laughs> <laughs> to be frank. And I was like, well, what about burnout? And it's like, well, you know, burnout is a, is a funny thing when you do equity work or anti-racism work, but, but also occupying a minoritized body. Right. It's almost like you're never not engaged with the kind of work and trying to set very clear boundaries about when you engage something and when you don't can be um, extremely difficult. And so while I am still on this rad radical self-care journey, right, trying to figure out what that looks like for me, I tell others, like, one, I'm not the example, so don't look to me <laughs> on how to do it, but know that it is a real um process that people have to want to be intentional about but also have to be in an environment that really supports it um, um well I appreciate you sharing that though and I think it, it's a running theme for us to always check in and, and with ourselves and with each other and with our colleagues to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves and you know sometimes we don't post episodes as quickly because we're doing some self-care or just trying to catch up you know and and I think that that's that's realistic. And I, I, I've always appreciated how willing we are to like hold space for some of that conversation um, and just be honest with what's going on in the other parts of our lives. Cause we're not just academic, well, we're not only academics, right. um, you right. know, and in, in a lot of that. So I'm excited and joyful that we get to go on this journey together and that all you listeners are going on it with us. Um, you know, keep tuning in, keep listening, keep letting us know what you want us to talk about, even if it's uncomfortable and hard. We're here, we're ready, um, and we're ready to keep thoughting. All right, y'all. Cheers to season three.